Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four, and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. Welcome back, everyone. It's hard to believe that we have come to the end of a school year. I know many of us do school year-round. However, many of us do kind of wrap up certain things that we've done, including classes or lessons, things like that, at the end of the year, which is now. And it's kind of crazy that this year has flown by as fast as it has. So basically, it's time to review, recap, and revise based on our experiences for the year. What worked? and what didn't. So that's what we're going to talk about today in the podcast. And just to kind of get a good sense of what worked and what didn't and what we need to do differently for next year. It's obviously good to review for obvious reasons. What programs worked, what curriculum worked, what didn't, what changes might need to be made. Did we do outside classes that met our expectations or perhaps they didn't? Maybe we took so many classes that we were so busy that we didn't really get done as much at home as we wanted to. And that's a valid thing to think about as well. Maybe you didn't finish a program, but you really wanted to. So instead of trying to shove it all in in the last couple weeks of the school year or trying to get it done before your summer break, maybe you think about holding off, taking a break from it, and finishing it in the fall, or maybe at the end of the summer, while you do still take a break right now. There's nothing that says these programs or curriculum have to be done in one year. More and more people have thought about the idea that some of these curriculums are really, really good, but there's a lot in them. And even the curriculum creators themselves say they don't really intend for people to do everything that they list. They just list a lot of different options for people to do if they want. But a lot of people want to do everything, but it's impossible to do it all in one year. So who's to say that you have to do U.S. history in one year? Why not do it over the course of two years? So perhaps thinking about a program that you didn't get to finish but enjoyed Stretch it out over the next year. Maybe not the whole year, maybe only the first semester, and that's fine too. So something else to think about. I know some people like to make a clean break for the summer, but a lot of us continue through the summer in some way. That doesn't mean you have to do, quote, school the way you've done it all year long. Maybe you only do work one or two days a week. Maybe you only do an hour a day whatever works for you. Maybe you take a week that you still do your regular schedule and you take a week off. Again, look at what might work for you and your kids and try some different things and see what works for you. For us, we don't do all subjects throughout the summer, but we still do math every day. Well, maybe not every day, four days out of the week for sure. And that maybe takes a half an hour. And then we also do some kind of language arts and that varies by the week and what we might be interested in. So that might just be reading and doing some copy work. It might be actually writing a summary of something that we've read. It just involves basically not losing all their writing skills for the summer. It might just be kind of Friday free writes that we do a la Brave Writer or something along that line. So there are lots of different 
things that you can do that aren't very schoolish, but they're still maintaining some of those skills that they have learned during the school year. And they're just getting a little bit of practice, maybe even without really realizing that it's they're doing schoolwork. We also do a lot of science in the summer, not science curriculum by any means, but just a lot of science as far as interest-based science. My kids love to be outside, my, especially my youngest. She loves the ocean. She loves nature. She loves uh, snorkeling. She loves tide pools. So we do a lot of ocean science, marine biology, nature study, that kind of stuff during the summer. And that to me is very, very valuable. I think my kids have probably learned more science in their summertime than during the school year. So that's also just something to think about. Capitalize on some of your nature activities or summer camps that they're doing and just make sure that you're feeding their their knowledge base as far as what they're interested in, whether that's with videos, with books, with museums, field trips, talking with people that are in that career, whatever it might be. The other thing you really want to do is stop and review and assess the growth in your child. And that really sometimes is challenging for us to do because we may look at a program that we did and think, oh, wow, we didn't really finish that. We didn't really do very well in that. But I'm not talking about that kind of review as far as the programs, but really what your child is doing. Maybe when they started the year, they could barely write a complete sentence with proper punctuation. And now at the end of the year, they can write three or four sentences for a paragraph. That might not seem like a lot to an outsider, but you know that they spent a lot of time working on that, and that is a lot of growth for them. Maybe they can still only write that one sentence, but their handwriting is much better. And maybe before they didn't use proper punctuation, and now they do without needing any prompting. Again, that is growth. You have to look at these things on an individual basis and see where their struggles are, where their strengths are, and what you need to work on with them in the future. Sometimes slow and steady wins the race. So don't look at the fact that they didn't go from writing a paragraph to a whole essay. Look at the smaller pieces and see what kind of growth there really is. Also, look at the workload for each child. Is it working? Is it too much? Is it too little? I was just reading recently on one of the pages that there was a mom that was doing so many extracurricular activities after school with her kids that it was causing a lot of stress and the other core subjects were suffering. So she had cut out most of those extracurricular curricular things and she said it was night and day, like things improved so much. Those are some things to be thinking about. Maybe you have too many things. Maybe some things need cut out. And especially when you have multiple kids, it can be really hard. When you think, oh, my kid only does two activities, that's not a lot. But when you have three or four kids, that turns into six or eight activities, and that can get crazy. Which is why we try to limit our kids to one activity each for a long time, because otherwise it just got way too much. So sometimes these are really hard decisions because they're, the, the kids really like some of these things. But sometimes you can 
not handle all of it. And that's okay. Sometimes you have to make choices and prioritize and see who really is the most passionate about that, their activities. Perhaps one child can keep two activities, but another child only keeps one because the other one that they were interested in wasn't really that big of a deal to them. And maybe there's another child that doesn't have any outside activities because they don't want them. That's okay too. Don't get caught up in the, I need to be fair or equal between children because there is no fair or equal. There's what works best for each child. So that's another thing to think about. And how about what's going on generally in your house? How has your year gone? How has your daily kind of routine been going? Maybe you realize that your kids need to do more chores around the house or maybe doing them in a more timely way. When your kids are at home during the day with you, I am a firm believer that they are part of your household. They should be helping out with chores and they should be helping out with the maintenance around your house in whatever fashion that may be, whether that's regular daily chores like sweeping the floor and putting away dishes, sweeping the outside on the patio, doing laundry, whatever it might be. Or maybe it's bigger things like once a week, they have to clean all the bathrooms. Once a week, they do the yard work, whatever it might be. Taking on some of these chores not only helps them with real life skills down the line, but it's it's a family affair. You are all a family, and I think everyone really should pitch in to do their part in maintaining a happy household. So maybe looking at, are they doing any chores? Do they need to do more? Are they doing too many and not getting other things done that are more important like their schoolwork? Again, all things to just kind of consider. And even little ones can do chores. I remember when my ones were maybe three-ish, three or four, their favorite thing to do was to put away silverware. That was something they could do easily out of the dishwasher. They could put the spoons in the right spoon holder and the forks in the right fork holder. And they liked wash, um, folding washcloths because it was an easy thing for them to do. So I would make sure that I kind of kept the washcloths to the side when I did laundry. And that was their job was to fold the little washcloths. And they loved it. So even little ones can get involved. They, you can get them a small size broom and dustpan, like from the dollar store. They have just little tiny handheld ones. They can sweep the floor with that. They can sweep out on the patio. They can do the dishes if you have a safe stool for them to step on. We used to have, I forget what it was called now, but it was one of those child size um, boosters that they could stand on it that had kind of a, um, a little wall around it. And that was great because they could stand up at the counter height, help me with things, do, do dishes. Maybe they might help with some kind of food prep that was appropriate for them. Those are really great things to get your little kids involved with as well. And older kids, they, there's no reason for them not to be doing laundry on their own, for doing yard work instead of hiring it out. That's one of the things we do. We have our kids do our lawn work. And all of most, I shouldn't say all, but most of our neighbors do hire that out and have lawn people come. And so some of us look at us like we're crazy people for having our children do it. But guess what? We still pay our children to do it, but they're learning how to do something that they may not have 
known how to do otherwise. So again, looking at what's going on around your household and what worked, what didn't, what changes you might want to implement and things like that. The other thing to really think about is talking to each child individually about how they think the year went. What do they think went well and not so well? What would they like to change? What would they like to improve? Really listen to their ideas and work together to make some changes. And even put it in writing if needed so you can refer to it later. This is sometimes good if you have an older child that really needs to work on something and you are having a discussion about how that will get done. Putting it in writing kind of like a contract can be helpful when you refer back to it or as a good reminder for both of you. And it's something that can be revised down the road if necessary as well. But I think really talking to your children about what they feel went well and what didn't go well is really important. I know I talked to my son this year about some of the classes that he took and it was really pretty enlightening for me. There was a class that he really enjoyed. He really liked it. And there was another one that he really felt he got nothing out of. And it was not the best use of time for him. So I know not to use that instructor for next year because he does other classes at the campus. And I also know that the other teacher that he did really like, that he did get a lot out of, that that would be a good resource for me to use again for science, for another level of science. The other thing is the kids are really smart. We know this, but they can really hone in on some things that we may not have thought about. Like one of the things that I rely on in a subject that I'm not very strong with is video kind of lessons, streaming lessons, whether that be something like teaching textbooks or Khan Academy or whatever it might be. But my son told me that he doesn't really care for those kinds of lessons. He can do them, but he much prefers a live teacher. So he would rather have a tutor for once or twice a week than doing lessons like that every day. And that's something that is a legitimate concern. And that's something that we can talk about. He can get as much in two tutoring sessions as in four or five days of an online lesson in many cases. And we talked about what that would look like and what his responsibility would be between the tutoring sessions and things like that. But that was a really good discussion to have with him. Obviously, you have to think about yourself. How did you think the year went? Did you think things went pretty good? Do you think things were too stressed, too rushed, too laid back? What, what were some of your strong points and what were some of your weaknesses? That's important to think about too. And those are things that you can look at changing or improving for the next year. Because homeschooling isn't just about our kids. It's a family affair. It's about your kids and you, your whole family. You have to be symbiotic. You have to all work together. And it's important to look at what's working and what's not, not only at the end of the year, but obviously throughout the year. I usually do this kind of six weeks or so into the fall. I kind of see how things are going. I do it usually in mid-January, mid-year, 
and then again around now. It's good to do this periodically just to see where things are because the great thing about homeschooling is that you're not bound by anyone's schedule or anyone's curriculum and you can change things up as needed. I really hope you had a good year homeschooling. Whether you're a newbie or whether you're a longtime homeschooler, I hope the year was successful. We all have our ups and downs. I know this year had some ups and it had some downs. We had some things that worked great and we had some things that didn't work so great. We also have some big changes that we have to deal with for our new school year because we are a part of a charter school which had some issues this year so we need to find a new charter school. So that is some of the things that we are working on for the summer. I hope your summer is smooth sailing and enjoyable. I will certainly still be putting out some podcast episodes over the summer every other week just like I've planned. But each week, check me out on Instagram at Latte Books to Read, where I post books and homeschool snapshots of our days and our weeks. Until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.